The cross, the crucifixion of Christ. Um, it's a very pivotal point of the gospel. It is at the centre of all our Christian belief, and it is something which can be rather complicated. A lot of people have tried to break it down and make it more digestible over the years. Um, I feel that every single one of us, and what I'm about to do definitely is going to fall short, but hopefully it will give you a bit more of an idea um, and encourage you to ask questions and get engaged. The cross may feel absurd to the modern intellect, although it is profoundly real to the soul of anyone being persecuted or overlooked in today's society. What is the cross? What is this thing which stands in the centre of everything we believe? What is this thing in the centre of the gospel, in the centre of the universe? God's radical answer. What does it mean? How did it work? One of the largest problems which people face when looking at Christianity and the cross is they don't understand how God's love and how God's judgment can coexist. It seems like, and it's simplified, where a lot of people try to break it into a God of the Old Testament, this vengeful, spiteful God who loves to punish people, and the God of the New, which is this loving God who would sacrifice everything for us. How do we hold these together? And how do we hold them together with the cross? Now, it's not that at the end of the Old Testament and before the beginning of the New that God had a re new PR launch. You know, got the angels and everyone together and said, ah, this smiting thing really isn't working. It's not very popular. What can we do? How can we rebrand? No. What we find through the Bible is a progressive revelation of God's love for us. One of the things which makes this hard to grip, balancing the love of God and the judgment of God, we forget that true love is not in the absence of judgment, but in the presence of it. What happened on that cross where God took all our evil, all our sins, all the things which were holding us down, all the things which were keeping us in bondage? He broke it. He took it onto himself and paid the price for us. He took it to the cross and suffered. I believe William Stringfellow put it best when he once said, to be a Christian is to acknowledge that there is no pain or perversion, no humiliation or disaster, no scourge or disease, or destitution or hunger, no striving or temptation, no will or sickness or suffering or poverty, which God has not known and bore for humankind. And in that, even God has broken the power of death once and for all. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world.
What was meant by this passage in John 1.29? Well, in the Old Testament we used to have a system where we had to give sacrifices to find forgiveness. We would go and we would find a lamb and we would make sure that it didn't have any spots or marks or imperfections. It was a perfect lamb and we would sacrifice this lamb to pay for our sins and we would do this again and again and again. And what it would do was it would be used to oppress the people, to make money out of this system. And when Jesus went to the cross, he dismantled this. But he also paid for our sins because he was the Lamb of God. He was without sin. He was perfect. And because he had this perfection which no humankind could ever obtain, he bore all our sins and took them and was crucified as a sacrifice for all, as a free gift for us, so we could live free from our sin, free from the oppression, free from the bondage which we can find in drug addiction, mental health, poverty, you name it. There's so many things which can bind us down. But through Jesus' sacrifice, we have the opportunity to be free once and for all. Some great biblical prophets, the Black Eyed Peas, once said, People killing, people dying. Children hurt, can you hear them crying? Can you practice what you preach? And would you turn the other cheek? Father, 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 help us. Send us some guidance from above. Cause people got me, got me questioning. Where is the love? Where is the love? Now, let's try and put it more into this perspective of today. Where is the love? Well, this is God showing us his love. In a very powerful way, which moved the very existence of everything. See, the thing which a lot of people have problems with is um, mercy always exists at the expense of justice. So, let's say I came into your house and I stole the money out of your wallet. I was caught, put before a judge, and the judge let me off. There is definitely mercy. The judge is showing mercy to me. But how would you feel? There is no justice. If we lived in a world without justice, we would all lose hope. And our God is a God of hope. And a God of mercy. 
and a God of justice. So we know God is merciful, but how is he just at the same time? So God exercised his mercy through justice. God came into this world as one of us, Jesus, the perfect lamb, the lamb without blemish, and takes what we have done unto himself, all our sins, everything which we've done wrong. And Jesus fulfills justice for us through God's mercy as a gift. So it's like I stole that money, I go before the judge, and not only does the judge show mercy on me, but the judge says, we need justice. We need someone to pay for what has done. And the judge repays the money I took and goes to prison or, or something to pay for what has been done. So therefore, we see God is merciful and exercising his mercy through justice. I hope that makes it clearer for what it looks like and what the cross did. One last thing I'd like to touch on is where do we go wrong here? See, a lot of Christians come to this and um, have the opinion that what we need to do is live a certain lifestyle to change our ways and that is the only way through repentance that we can uh, get eternal life that can get the gifts which God has clearly and freely given to us at this moment where Jesus is crucified when we say that um, or think that this person isn't going to be able to go to heaven or or this person doesn't experience the love of God because of the life they're living what it does is it short circuits the entire cross and the crucifixion of Christ because what he did was he bore it all for all man not for some it doesn't say behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the Christians or behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the righteous behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world now it is important that we change our way of life that we become more like Christ that we try to live a pure life a life which makes us look like a Christian where we have fruit which comes from us, which tastes of love and compassion, where we uh, push for civil rights, where we love and care for every man, woman and child. But we do these things not so we will be saved, 
but because we have been saved. And every time we sin and continue a life which is not looking or moving towards that goal, we're putting more on Christ which he has to and is carrying to that cross for us. I personally hate the idea that my sins are on Christ, but his free gift is incredibly beautiful and overwhelming, and I do my best to be a better man, not so I will go to heaven one day, but because of the love and compassion which has been shown to me where God dealt justice upon himself for the things I have done. And to say anything else, as far as I'm concerned, is an insult to what God has done. You know, one of the last things they say Christ said was, It is finished. It wasn't, I've done my part, now it's your turn. It is finished. This paradoxical judo move, where God uses all the evil which was thrown at him, when we were yelling, crucify him, and he took all that and turned it around and used it on evil itself, died on the cross, Apparently he went to hell and preached after that, <clears throat> and then came back and rose from the dead for us, to give us a way out of bondage, a way to live free, a way to pursue being a Christian and developing a culture in the world of love and hope. I hope this has helped. You understand the cross a little bit better um, look there is thousands of questions and there's been 2,000 years of people explaining what happened that day on the cross they all fall short this will be no different it is incredibly difficult to answer them all these questions but we'll do our best please get in touch with myself or Mike or one of the guys and we're happy to discuss this with you all right. Well, thank you and bye for now.